The Paranormal Chick here. Welcome to episode 14 of my podcast. Today, we are going to talk about werewolves and werewolf encounters. The first story is the North American legend of the very first werewolf. The history of the werewolf has roots in many different cultures dating back to ancient times. One legend in particular refers to an early Native American tribe in the area that is now known as Wisconsin in the U.S. It was here that members of the tribe, most likely those who became the Fox tribe, may have been the first to receive the gift of the werewolf. In this legend, there is a spirit god named Wizikachek. Wizikachek was a shapeshifter who lived in the woods. He was a friend to humans and his default physical form was that of a wolf. One day, Wizikachek was roaming the woods in the form of a man when he saw two brothers from the fox tribe hunting. The boys named Kimi and Machi Ayu had just caught a deer with their bows and arrows. Wizikachek walked up to the boys and presented himself as a lost and hungry wanderer from a different tribe. Kimi offered the strangers some of the deer meat that they had just caught and Wizikachek accepted. About a week later, Wizikachek appeared in the same part of the woods again and saw the same boys hunting. Machiayu explained that ever since they caught the deer a week earlier, they hadn't been able to catch anything and they were very hungry. Wizikachek, remembering the boys' previous generosity, told them he had no meat to offer them, but he could share with them his power to shapeshift into a wolf so that they could catch a deer, a, a deer more easily. At first, the boys didn't believe him, but when Wizikachek transformed into a wolf and back in front of their eyes, they agreed. The only condition that Wizikachek gave Gimme and Machi Ayu was that they could not use their wolf forms to hurt any humans and only to hunt. Months went by and the boys used their wolf forms to catch enough deer for the entire village. One day, Machiayu was in an argument with another boy in the village, and in his anger, Machiayu transformed into a wolf and killed the boy. Now, fearing their power, Machiayu and Kimi were both cast out of the tribe and forced to live in the woods. Wizikachek was furious. He cast a new spell on Machiayu, so that from that day forth, he would no longer be able to shapeshift at will. Every day he would take on a complete human form and every night he would transform into a mindless wolf. Kimmy, having done no wrong, was allowed to keep his shape-shifting ability. Having been cast out from the fox tribe and knowing Michikayu would be unable to control himself in his wolf form, Kimi left by himself into the wilderness. Machiayu is now known as the father of werewolves, being the first one and creating the others. This is where the history of the werewolf begins, but it's far from over. Many years went by with no son of Machiayu or any aggressive night wolf. Legends from other tribes told stories of wolves larger than men hunting near their villages. 
Several tribes reported flocks of animals, including horses, being brutally ravaged in the middle of the night. Stories of these creatures began spreading to more and more tribes across, across North America, though the wolves were rarely reported by anyone other than native tribes. These stories of, of the history of the werewolf were thought to be legends for many, many years, until a string of modern werewolf sightings began in 1936, and it changed everything. What I find interesting about the legend of the first werewolf is the area and what we've been reporting and what we see now in modern times. What is with the Wisconsin area? Is there something spiritual there? Is it maybe a portal to another dimension and what we see are true beings, what we call werewolves, but maybe something from somewhere else? It's very interesting, but these reportings go back to ancient times, and it's more questions than answers. The next stories are witness testimonies and encounters with dogmen. This first one takes place in Texas, 1960. Mrs. Delbert Gregg of Gregton, Texas, told of her encounter with the shapeshift shape-shifting creature in 1960 issue of fate. Mrs. Gregg did not see a man turn into a wolf, but she was actually the only one who's come the closest to seeing the actual shape-shifting of a wolf to man. Mrs. Gregg said that one night in 1958, when her husband was on a business trip, she moved her bed close to a screen, hoping to catch some cool breeze from a thunderstorm brewing on the southwestern horizon. She heard scratching, a scratching sound from the window shortly after falling asleep. In a flash of lightning, she saw a huge, shaggy, wolf-like creature clawing at the screen and staring at her with baleful, glowing, slitted eyes. She saw that it had bared its white fangs. The creature fled from the yard into a clump of bushes as she leaped from her bed to grab a flashlight. Mrs. Gregg said, I watched for the animal to come out of the bushes, but after a short time, instead of a great shaggy wolf running out, the figure of an extremely tall man suddenly parted the thick foliage and walked hurriedly down the road, disappearing into the darkness. The next encounter is from a gentleman. The witness claims that a dogman has followed him since he was young, with two separate encounters spanning 20 years apart. The first one takes place in 1988 in Alto, Michigan, just southeast of the city of Grand Rapids. The anonymous source is in elementary school at the time and was playing during recess around 10 in the morning. He decided to run out into the woods that were adjacent to the elementary school playground to hide and, well, cheat at the game of war. He made his way to a river by some train tracks when he, when he heard a huge splash and he states he witnessed a dark furred dogman bolt into the woods switching between two and four legs to run before disappearing. It was at this point he decided to run straight home and hide in his bed. 
He kept silent about his sighting until adulthood. He described it as an eight-ish foot tall, 300 pound blue-eyed. And it seemed almost like a timber wolf, but upright with longer legs. The second sighting took place in a nearby, nearby town of Lowell in the winter of 2008. The man now has a family and they were all sleeping soundly when he heard a thund on the roof. Immediately, his canine-related childhood memories flooded back without prompting. He quietly snuck outside, and that is when the, the, very, the, same, the very same blue-eyed dogman poked his head out from the top of the roof, staring directly at him. The dogman leaped around 30 feet from the roof and bolted on all fours to the tree line. Only then did he stand up and stare at the, the man for a full minute. The man decided he was done with being scared. And without thinking twice, he started to run at the dogman with the machete that he had brought with him. The dogman just calmly stared at him and almost grinning before uttering a single audible word. Don't. The man states he stopped dead in his tracks and was overwhelmed by a supreme weird sense of calm. He dropped his machete, backed away slowly, and the dogman turned and walked calmly into the woods, disappearing. This next encounter takes place in a North Michigan town of Reed City in November of 2007. A man named Sam and his two friends were out hunting, each positioned in their own stand until about 4.30 when the sun started to set. That was when the sounds of birds and insects completely stopped. A silence hung in the air for a full minute but was then broken by three deer running past Sam while he was in a stand. It was followed by a foul scent similar to a mothball. That was when it appeared. A hulking, hunched over, yellow-eyed, two-legged cryptid breaking from the bushes to pursue the deer. Perturbed, Sam stayed put until his friends arrived, though they only proceeded to make fun of him. Despite that, the three started to head home, opting to return the next day. The day would prove to remain objectively calm until around 5 p.m. when Sam heard shots being fired from 100 feet away, followed by screaming from his walkie-talkie. His friend panicked, described the exact same dogman that Sam had seen, though thankfully it ran away this time as well. Either they lacked foresight or were, either, were sufficient in courage because they decided to hunt for two more days. The third day of hunting was completely quiet in terms of dogman-related matters, but the fourth day, the fourth day, proved that the canine cryptid was still on the prowl. This time, the dogman didn't even wait until noon before he ran into a well-lit clearing right in front of two of the three hunters. He stared at them directly and started grinning. Sam's friend aimed a gun at the canine and it ran off immediately, making a growling, hissing noise. About an hour later, the third friend radioed in and said, um, 
You guys, are you in a werewolf suit at my blind? Because it's not funny. Before Sam could answer, he heard five distinctive shots ring out in the distance. The third friend was safe, but Sam reported that he had deep, distant claw marks in the butt, on the butt of his rifle. When they returned to their cabin later, the trio saw the snowy ground riddled with large canine footprints and the very same claw marks embedded in the front door of the cabin. This next encounter occurred in Shelby, Michigan. This story takes place in the heart of frigid Michigan winter. On a cold night, 30 minutes to midnight, retired law enforcement officer Laura Love was riding shotgun with a friend of hers who, for the sake of the story, wishes to remain anonymous and only being referred to as C. The two were headed north on US 31 near West Weaver Road overpass when they had a good look at something canine on the cold, snowy road. We saw a large, tall, dark, and oddly shaped creature run out from the left side of the overpass, claim, claimed Love. It hit the rear quarter panel of a small truck in front of us, causing the truck to fishtail. The other truck didn't even stop to check for damage. It just sped off. However, Love and her friend were able to get a good look at the lunar, lip, lunar lit lupine. She describes it as almost seven and a half feet tall, dark furred, bipedal figure, with backward-looking knees and nearly a lion's mane worth of fur sitting on its neck like a fancy fur collar from the 20s. She also claimed that the dogman had a face like a border collie. The creature didn't stop to put on any, to put on any further show for its audience, audience of two. It ran off, disappearing into a patch of weeds and trees. Love and C drove home silently, stunned, and didn't discuss their encounter until they were in the safety of Love's home. Only then were the two able to admit to each other that they had both, indeed, seen the Michigan Dogman. This final story comes out of Minnesota. On the border of Wisconsin is the city of Duluth. It can be found in Minnesota, right at the westernmost point of Lake Superior. This sighting took place on November 7th, 2016. It comes from a graphic designer, though she wishes to keep her name anonymous. It was a cold night on Maple Grove Road, a stretch of road that sits right at the border of a residential Duluth and the more rural area to the northwest of town. The anonymous source witnessed an upright cryptid running from the edge of where lampposts of the residential area are able to eliminate before dashing into the field with a very old barn. She described the creature as probably being seven feet tall if it were not running on all fours with an extremely hunched back. It had a wolfish face with a long snout and short pointed ears. It moved stiffly and awkwardly as if it were walking on its hunches like a gorilla. The graphic designer was frozen for a second, watching the dogman move, until she saw a passing pair of headlights illuminate it behind, illuminate it from behind, bringing into focus the creature's silhouette much, much more clearly. 
She panicked and drove to a well-lit gas station where she waited for her husband to come home. She described an overwhelming, almost supernatural fear weighing down on her, like a thick sludge. The story doesn't end there. As soon as the anonymous reporter told her family about the brief encounter, her sister confessed to having seen the same hunched, wolf-like being years back, standing at the edge of her property and staring into her house with piercing red eyes. So those are the werewolf stories I have for you today. I find it interesting going back to the legend of the first werewolf. It's always Wisconsin. In all the sightings that we see in North America, well, in the United States, a high amount of sightings are in the Wisconsin area, Michigan. And now the legend of the first werewolf ties back to ancient times, ancient early tribes. Would it be true? Is that the reason why we now have modern day sightings of the dogmen? Was it that lonely Native American boy who was cursed to live his life as a wolf? Hmm, makes you wonder. Well, that's all I have for you tonight. As always, I would like to hear your feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have any suggestions or any experiences that you would like for me to tell on your behalf, you can remain anonymous. Send them to me. I would like to hear, see, or read them. My email is theparanormalchick, C-H-I-C, at gmail.com, or theparanormalchick, C-H-I-C, at iCloud.com. Again, I will post this to my YouTube channel, which is The Paranormal Chick. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow me. Until tomorrow, my friends, stay safe and good night. <laughs>